following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. So we've been uh, working our way through a sermon series that we've just called Christmas is Coming. And we're talking about those things that when you look around, you go, oh, Christmas is here. You look and you see Christmas lights, you go, okay, Christmas is coming. You start seeing Christmas trees popping up. Oh, Christmas is coming. And, and last week, our kids did a great job sharing the nativity story, which was just so much fun. And so we talked about how nativities show that process. It's just so cool. And today we're getting down, we're burying down into presence. You know, when you start looking under the tree and presents start popping up, you go, oh, Christmas is coming. It's getting close. So this is going to be a little bit of an interactive sermon this morning. So what I want you to do is take a second and think about what is one present you have a distinct memory of? Maybe it's not the one that you go, I really wanted this and I got it. But it's one that you go, I remember getting this and then doing something with it, maybe Christmas Day, or maybe it was just something you, um, you treasured and remembered. So I'll give you about three minutes and just share with uh, the people you came with, someone around you to say, okay, what is that Christmas gift that you remember receiving? Go ahead. All right, let's go ahead and come back together. Um, if you're with us online, feel free to drop it in the chat of what you, what you had. But um, what were some memorable Christmas gifts? Feel free to shout it out. A bicycle, like it. Care Bear, oh, that's a classic. I like that. I'm, I'm a good giver. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like I was on the edge of that. We still got the Sears catalog, and we would flip through and circle things, and then the internet started, <laughs> and that, you know, goodbye catalogs. Um, I, I, for me... Uh, the one that I remember, there, there were a bunch of different Christmas things, but one that's a clear memory for me, and Matt will have to remind me if Anna got it too, but we got rollerblades one Christmas together. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember if it was both of us, all three of us, but um, so we all three got rollerblades, and if you were alive and remembering in the 90s, there was this classic version of the rollerblades for kids in kind of, you know, kindergarten through middle school, and it was three straps, and they clicked shut. And so, and so we were out that next day rollerblading. And I know Chelsea has a similar story that she and her sister Paige got rollerblades one Christmas, and were out rollerblading in the driveway. The brilliance of Texas Christmas, right, where you can get rollerblades and immediately use them, right? For those of you who grew up up north, not a thing. You'd have to wait for that snow melt. But that turned into a lot of... Uh, fun games of street hockey. We, uh, the, the area where we grew up, they had green belts, but not like the green belt you would think of here um, where it's like a trail through the woods. This is a sidewalk through the forest. And so we would hop on those trails and we would just go 
uh, go see friends, just rollerblade up to school and back. And we had a lot of fun with those rollerblades. And it's, it's something strange that when you receive a gift, and especially if it's something you're not thinking you're going to get, you kind of get this different excitement and you latch this memory onto that reception. And it's interesting because at Christmas we're both receiving and giving gifts. And I debated uh, having a physical um, object lesson up here where I was going to wrap a present in front of you. And then I remembered how bad I am (laughs) at wrapping presents. And I was like, I would have to pre-wrap this, then unfold the paper, and then make it look like I hadn't. Um, I have gotten better at wrapping presents but I'm the guy who wraps the present and then goes, oh no, there's that one strip along the edge of the box that I have to now cut out another strip of paper to put over that. Um, I have duct taped presents before, Uh, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that either you're a present wrapper or maybe you're a bag person. Don't look down on bag people. That's brilliant. But there's something at Christmas that, that giving and receiving this is one of those real simple ones, right? We look at presents and we go, well, this is real straightforward. Why do we give presents at Christmas? We can lose sight of it pretty quick because we have lists. We have to go shopping. Um, how many people did physical shopping this year for Christmas? I am 100% Amazon now. Like two-day shipping, I can forget until two weeks before, be ready to go. Um, But there's times I miss mom would take each one of us in turn to go Christmas shopping with her and buy lunch. There's something about going out and shopping for someone, whether it's online or physically in person, where you look and you go, oh, this would excite them. They would love this. And if you're my mom, she Christmas shops through the years. Her number one uh, love language is gift giving. And so she will see something for you in August and go, what a great Christmas present and go ahead and buy it and just hold on to it. And then there are those Christmas presents you get in February because she bought it last August and then she put it in her closet and then remembered, you know, a month after Christmas, oh no, I forgot to wrap this. And so we get, we get this cool experience of um, giving and receiving presents, but we can lose sight of, well, what's the purpose? What's the joy behind giving presents at Christmas, and it's because (laughs) Jesus, right? It's that simple, simple idea that when we didn't deserve a gift, it was given to us. In Ephesians this morning, we read, by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not of your own doing so that no one may boast. When we look at Jesus coming at Christmas, the reason we wrap presents, the reason we get excited to receive a gift is because originally we received this gift that Jesus would come for us. Uh, In this little video that uh, I watched this week that went out with our devos from uh, the church in the nativity, there's this really cool point where the, the guy who's doing the video is there with a friend of his who's on the Bethlehem City Council who his family for um, generations has gone to the Church of the Nativity. And so he takes him through this 
Church of the Nativity walks him down to the place where they believe the um, stable was. And then he says, here, come here, I want to take you somewhere. And they go out into this courtyard. And it's interesting because the Church of the Nativity, where they were, it was packed, tons of people wanting to see this spot. And then he takes him into this courtyard and there's no one. It's kind of like, well, this is like the, the church area. This is where the people who worship here, they, they know these little courtyards and things. And then he says, okay, now come follow me. And then he takes him to the top of the tower of the, what may be a steeple, whatever you want to call it, of the church of the nativity. And he goes, yeah, this is where we would sneak off to as kids. And the guy who's, uh, who's doing the devotion goes, oh yeah, to get away from your parents. And the guy from Bethlehem kind of chuckles. He goes, yeah, and the priests too. <laughs> so, you know, as kids, they are sneaking to the top of what we believe to be the first church, one of the first churches ever built. And it's just like, oh yeah, it was Sunday, you know? So every time you see one of our kids like screaming down the hallway on one of the carts, you can know that they're in a good long line of kids who have been doing the things, climbing the towers, you know, all those kinds of things. But what's interesting is the, the guy who's there, who's learning, looks down at the church in the nativity and goes, it's interesting as we, we get this view, we get all of Bethlehem and then we look down. It's a cruciform church. So the church is built in the form of a cross. And he says, how interesting is it that the place where Jesus is born reflects what he came to do? That there was this cool moment that as he looks down, he goes, the baby who comes in the manger is the man who goes to the cross for us. That's the gift we're receiving and we remember over and over and over again every Christmas. And here's the great news. You didn't have to do anything to get it. You know, what's, what's uh, our, our good friend Santa doing right now? He sees you when he's sleeping. When you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake. You know, basically he works with the NSA. Santa just spying on you at all times. And so we buy into this Christmas idea that says, well, I get gifts if I'm good. And Jesus goes, no, the ultimate gift you got because you weren't good. The ultimate gift, which is me for you, you get because I'm bringing it. And so the joy we find in this present given to us is that we didn't have to do anything. You don't have to worry about eternal coal in your stocking. Jesus says, no, I'm here for you, for who you are now, not for some better version of you. I came to die for you when you were at your worst. I came to redeem you. And so we receive this present over and over and over again. And then we get into the second half of our Ephesians reading and what we read in 2 Corinthians, which Ephesians says, yeah, you know, Faith isn't you. You don't do it. But guess what? In faith, you were created to do good works. You were created to do good things, to go out and do what God has called you to do, to love him and love your neighbor. You are his workmanship. I love that idea of God as, as the creator, um, but here specifically as like a workman, as a, an artist, as a, a carpenter, as you know, whatever you want to think it as, because that creation is made for a specific thing. 
whatever you were created to do, those good works were planned ahead of time for you that God built you to do those things. And when we look at presence, it's not just about receiving. It's about giving. Think about that time where you gave the right gift, right? You know, sometimes you buy a gift and you go, well, hopefully they'll like it, right? If you're, you know, you sometimes you go, okay, we'll try this out, see how it goes. And people are excited about it, but you go, okay, that was good. And sometimes you buy that thing and you watch the person who did not expect it at all. And all of a sudden, here is their face, their joy. Just go look up like Christmas puppies, right? Like, especially look up dads getting Christmas puppies. I love these videos that are out there now of people that are like, my dad said he hated dogs. And then they get the dad a puppy. And now here's like three weeks worth of now this dog is like sleeping on dad's lap, you know, all these kinds of things. But like, this joy that is expressed and that we see when a gift is given. That's right, Riley, she knows. We get this, this moment, this great, great peace where we not only get to receive a gift and receive joy, but we get to give joy as well. And we do that in a very little way at Christmas when we get to give things to each other but we're called in a bigger way to give what we have to those who are in need. Second Corinthians today, as we read through it, and uh, you know, as, as I, Matt and I worked on planning the sermon series and as I was looking at Bible verses, um, sometimes we planned, so this one we probably planned a month and a half, two months ago, right? We were ahead of the game. And so I was going through going, okay, these are the, the verses I want to use. And so this week I came back to the second Corinthians verse and I was like, Okay, <laughs> I made this decision because it's, a, it's about giving what you have to those who are in need. And it says, listen, reap generously or sow generously because then you'll reap generously. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Now, there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Um, but what's been a blessing in my life is uh, working with the Harvest Partnership who we uh, walk alongside to plant churches. Um, my parents taught these ideas to me. Um, but to say, so often we look and we say, okay, it's about the Lord is saying, here are my financial things and I have to give them away and do all these things. Well, that's a part of it. But from this, this group, the Harvest Partnership for my parents, I learned about this idea that they had learned about from other sources called the five capitals. And let's see if I can nail them all because I didn't write them down. I just wrote five capitals. That was foolish. But it is financial, physical, relational, intellectual, spiritual. Boom. Five. And I got a head nod from Matt. So it's these five ideas to say, listen, it's not just about saying, I can hand you money and you're okay. It's about saying, how do I invest these capitals for the sake of the kingdom of God? How do I sow generously of my finances? How do I sow generously of my physical capabilities? How do I help people with what I can do? How do I use um, my friendships to build others up, to, to encourage them, to invest in them? 
how do I take what I know and give that away to other people? How do I take my intellectual understanding and use it for the benefit of others? And then how do I take my spiritual life, my walk in discipleship, how do I disciple others? We sow generously in all of those places. We give gifts. We give presents in all of those places because we look at what God has given to us. We rejoice because we see in our 2 Corinthians reading, it said, and there will be many thanksgivings to God. It is a chance for us to look at our lives and say, look at what God has given me. How do I now give that to others? Because if I was a sinner in need of grace and I've been given so many things, how now do I give those things to other people? And it can be any of those things. Finances, physical labor, relationship, knowledge and wisdom, and then the spiritual life, giving that away to others. Because when we receive this present of the the Christ child for us, it shifts who we are, it changes who we are. We look and we say, I look to give. I look to build others up. I look to encourage them. So when you see presents, when you give and receive those things this year, however you do that, be it Christmas Eve, be it, you know, with family celebrations today, be it Christmas morning, be it one big gift you already gave, you know, to someone and whatever it is. Rejoice in the knowledge that has you received in a similar way, that feeling you get, that excitement you feel, let that connect you back to the Christ child. That the representation of this thing you're receiving be it something as, as deep as, um, you know, a personalized piece of art or, or something very thought out, or, you know, I have the complete Blu-ray set of the 1960s Batman on my Amazon wish list this Christmas. Whatever it is, let the joy you feel as you hold that thing go, Lord, this is a thing, and I'm blessed someone's given this to me. I'm going to let it remind you of what you gave me. That as you open and tear open presents, that joy you feel, reach back and go, wow, look at this first present I was given. And then as you give to someone, let their joy, as you see them open and get excited, remind you, hey, I, can, I don't have to just do this today. I can do this at all times. I can give and give and give because the Lord first gave to me. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning that we can be here and be reminded that something that sometimes feels as silly as presence can remind us of the joy we find in the Christ child and the joy we have in spreading his good news. This season, let us live in that truth. In your son Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.